Well, welcome to this special edition of the Naffy Break podcast. Uh, I'm your usual host, Dominic O'Sullivan, but I'm joined today by our guest host, Jason Worthy. Jason, welcome onto the Naffy Break podcast. How you doing, mate? Nice to be here. Well, listen, there's a familiarity between you and I, obviously, and this is a special podcast where I want to talk about Scotty's Little Soldiers and the work that they do and, and obviously what's about to happen starting tomorrow, Saturday the 11th. I should say for listeners, Jason is the whole reason why I got involved in Scotty's Little Soldiers back in 2013, so I can't think of anyone better really to have this this conversation with. Um, so, Jay, I'm not sure whether I should... Um, Thank you, curse you, or whatever. But um, yeah, you and I, the conversation that started in 2012 when I was, for the listeners, you won't see it now, but I was considerably heavier, uh, kind of what I call Channel 5 heavy um, at the time. So yeah, I don't know if you can remember back to that point where you, where you contacted me. Yeah, I do, mate. I do. And I, I think back then you were definitely channeling your inner prop um it's, you're, you're you're letting your uh your inner back come out now so um so it's good to see mate uh it's been amazing to see you on this incredible journey and yeah I was thinking about when you asked me to do this with you I was thinking about it and I think that call back in 2012 was a real like, inflection point for you wasn't it stuff wasn't uh, stuff wasn't yeah. going brilliantly well in life and you'd had a you'd had a bit of a rocky ride and then I picked up the phone and said do you fancy a game of rugby and and failed and failed to spare the exact details of of the game of rugby in question until you said yes so it was a sales yeah. salesman in me definitely I think it's one of those read the small print before you sign a contract isn't it really so for those that don't know yeah you play charity rugby match for Scotty's Little Soldiers uh, which we'll talk about the the purpose of that, but but actually then let on it was for twenty five hours. So um, yeah, me being me, once to say yes, that was it really. Um, so obviously, when we we kind of started that journey, and you're right, you know, in a, in a personal hole in, in particular. But you at the time were chair of the the Scottish trustees. Um, just tell us a little bit about the charity, I suppose. First of all, for those that haven't caught up with it before, and for some way have missed all my posts kind of uh, in the, in the recent time, just, just gives a little bit of a flavor of Scotty's if you could. Yeah. Well, I think it's unlikely because you are <laughs> one of the best um, ambassadors for Scotty's that we have. And, and of course, delighted that you're now a trustee of the charity as well. Um, but for those that don't know, or are a little bit out of touch with, with what Scotty's do, Scotty's is a charity for bereaved forces, children and young people. Um, fundamentally it was set up um, back in 2010 <laughs> Uh, after our founder, Nikki Scott, lost her husband in 2009 uh, in an IED explosion in Afghanistan. Um, and as as tragic and um, unbelievably horrific as that experience was for her, it was amplified by the fact she had two young children and all the support that she got from the uh, from the armed forces, uh, as good as that may have been, um, the, the piece that was missing for her was really directed support for her children. Um, and you and I have been involved in this charity right from the, pretty much the start. I, I got involved when it was set up in 2000 and, uh, 2010, you know, ran Windsor Half Marathon dressed as <laughs> Scotty's mascot and, and have been doing fun challenges every year like you ever since. Um, but the charity has just come on leaps and bounds. And what started out with a really um, humble but important ambition to just make them smile um, has evolved to be something so much more. And I was thinking again, when we did that world record rugby match, we said we wanted to raise money to buy one 
holiday home. And that's what Scotty's did at the start. It bought uh, kind of holiday homes in parks across the UK so that those families and young people could go out and have respite breaks when they when they needed them most. And now the charity that you continue to support, the one that people can support today, just does so much more and has various programs that really help young people at every stage of their um, young life as they prepare to go on and become adults in a way that a parent would that is no longer there. Yeah, I think for me, and you know, we're both parents. I know you've got a much younger family than me, and I've got grandchildren now, but I kind of put myself in those shoes sometimes when I stop and think and think, you know, what would have happened to my family had I not come home from work one day? And it is that simple, isn't it, really? It's, you know, the, the family, your partner becomes a single parent overnight. And that, that's life changing. That's life changing in so many things. You know, so many other things get pushed to one side and it is like just almost survival mode I you know I feel so yeah I, th- I, th- I think the the significance of what the charity does and, and how it you know how all that comes about is not lost on on you and I as parents but you know I, I hope sometimes that's that point does get through to people that it's um you know this is this is a life-changing event that that there's a legacy to that way way past when the the flowers have you know passed and and the cards of sympathy have gone yeah. And I think, Dom, they say, you know, um, grief, you, you kind of you never get over grief. You just kind of learn how to live with it. And I think that's true as an adult. But as a as a young person or a child, I think it's just it, it's so much more impactful. And and we we have members at Scotty's that um, unfortunately they lose a parent when they're a baby. So their grief profile is quite different because they get to a point in life where they stump, they become more aware and then they start to think about the parent that they never knew. Other times you get a young person that was a teenager when they lost their parents. So they have all of that um, angst and difficulty to deal with. So the, the grief profile changes over time. And, and that I think is one of the things that you and I always want to impress most upon people about Scotties, because I think people sometimes think, okay, well, we're not actively deployed. So maybe it's less important to support this charity right now. And the exact opposite is true. We have, you know, 500 children and young people that need us every single day, even even though the, the, you know, the grief event was back in 2010, 2012, 2015, their grief will go on for years and they need our support all the way as they, as they get, you know, propelled out into life. Yeah. I think I know when, when we did the rugby back in 2013, I remember sitting in a coffee shop the next day and actually probably at some point, well, I don't know why it hit me at that point. I felt like this can't be a one-off. This actually needs to carry on every year. So I kind of made a pledge to myself at that point, say I will do something every year for Scotties as a result of that. And and just, you know, for the point you've just made is it's not a one-off event. You know, this is something that is, is there all the time. And Dom, you were, you know, you obviously served um, yourself. You're in the RAF, you're a, a PTI. Um, what, um, where do you think the drive to keep doing this? Because you kind of say it very casually, and I know that's kind of the measure of the man that you are, that you're you're prepared to put yourself in these difficult spots. But doing what you do every year, we're going to talk about your challenge in a moment, which is frankly insane. But but you do, you level up, you know, you raise this bar every year and you never, ever lose the energy and the determination. I think that's amazingly impressive, but I'd love to know where you think that drive comes from. What's What's pushing you on to do this? Uh, well, I think when you first contacted me, you know, that it just resonated with me, I think because of that, that parent bit, and it, and it probably was a fact that where I was in life at that time, 
and you know relationships with my own kids and think you know we all go through it from time to time when your kids don't want to speak to you just you know because you've taken their ipad off them or whatever it is but you know in some cases it, it goes on for a little while and i you know at that stage was struggling with a relationship with my kids and then to think that you don't get to speak to them again or they don't get to see you in you know walking them down the aisle all those kind of life events I think there's daily reminders for me. I think, you know, those things crop up in my mind quite regularly. So I'm never far away from a little nudge to say, what if it was you? So Mm -hmm. I think that, that whole, you know, what, what drives that, what keeps that going. And then I see the amazing work that, that Scotty's does and it's humbling, you know, when you see the impact on the, the families and on the kids. And then you, as you and I will have watched young Beth Woods, who was, probably in a mid probably just coming up to teenage years and you follow her through over a nine-year period to now be an adult successfully with her own business and you know mature you see that the impact of scott is through her life and it's like you you can't not do this yeah you you can't stop doing this because there's another bethwood behind that there's another you know jess lawrence there's all those kind of uh, kids that you you just watch mature and you want to see them you want to see them through that journey yeah well said mate well said well we're going to talk about this now um and i think because we want to get right into what you're actually doing let, let's just set the uh the pretext here you had signed up for race across europe and that was that has really been your your focus and your drive for several years now um i've never seen anybody prepare for a um charity challenge like this in the way that you have and constantly be derailed by covid and by other things and still never lose uh commitment focus um so just huge huge credit to you i think for the purposes of this conversation though let's just say it was going to be race across europe that kept that kept getting cancelled i remember a phone call uh, you know, however many months ago it was where you phoned me up and said, <clears throat> look, I've been telling people I'm doing race across Europe, but it feels like this thing's never going to happen. What do you think people will say if I do something different? And we talked about it. And now you came up with this plan, which I'm so excited for you, less than 24 hours to go. Tell everybody what you're going to be doing. Yeah. First of all, 24 hours to go. You know, there's that moment <laughs> where you think, oh, actually, could I have another couple of months training? But you kind of think that'd be that'd be kicking the ass out of it really. But um, yeah, um, look, I wanted to replicate how difficult that was going to be. Race Across Europe was, you know, thousands of miles across Europe, seven countries, et cetera. And yeah, there's a sadness to this for me because there was going to be some fantastic scenery and real opportunity, but, you know, events companies and, and COVID have just, you know, been kicked into touch in a lot of ways. So I've done it around the UK and I basically looked at it and went, right, what's what's ridiculous i suppose is the start point there's the benchmark lands end to john O'Groats. i looked at it and went well i've kind of done close to that i've done more than that actually in a seven day period people take days to do it so i just basically thought why don't we do a lap of the uk and when are we taking and more importantly why don't we take in some significant places army bases marines bases air force bases where scottish beneficiaries where their parents have served you know, I've also got a real strong rugby family, I call it, you know, that I've played with. There was stopping points, which are rugby clubs, good military friends of mine. So it's kind of like, let's take in those places. And when I sat down, looked at the map, it almost kind of popped up as this is basically a cir- 
typical map of the UK. You know, it's 2,200 miles. I, I was always going to aim for the race across Europe in 12 days. I was only going to suffer for 12 days. The record was 12 days, six hours. I'd set my stall out to say it's going to be 12 days. So I thought, what can we do in 12 days? Um, and, and the logistics of that as well, because there's a definitive start and end point, which made it a little bit more manageable for crew who are obviously committing their time voluntarily. And I needed to know that they could start and finish on a day rather than, you know, it might drag to 14, 15 days, etc. So, yeah, there we go. We set off tomorrow morning, five o'clock, Saturday the 11th, um, 200 miles first day. And it kind of doesn't get any easier after that. So that's some big, big, big numbers. Let's let's throw in some more numbers just for the just for the sake of it, just for a bit of fun. There's going to be some elevation change in this thing, right? Yeah, it's over a hundred thousand feet of climbing. In fact, there was a minor de- detail change to the route a couple of days ago to take in one of the iconic UK climbs, Balakna Bar, up on the North Coast 500, and that added about an extra two and a half thousand feet of climbing just by by an extra couple of miles out of the way. So, yeah, it's, yeah I suppose you know it's as near as damn it as kind of three and a half, four ascents of Everest in uh, in that time. And people do the Everest challenge on a bike which you know the up and down a mountain until you cover the, the the elevation as a challenge in its own right so you know three and a bit times of that i mean it's effectively a tour de france in yeah. a week in fact more than a week less than a tour de france you know they do 21 stages we're doing it in 12 days love it i absolutely love it mate i mean what what's an amazing challenge and um we're talking like 16 hours in the saddle a day right you're going to be fueling on the go you're going to be trying to get some get some sleep we all know that the british weather can be can be pretty challenging and and you've had you've been on the wrong end of that a few times so um you know what's coming there and so that can sometimes compress the the eight hours of sleep you thought you were going to get right yeah i think you know people look at it straight mileage and go that's a lot of cycling and yeah and the first thing they say is you know your backside's going to be in tatters from from all that which yeah okay that's a given there are little strategies to avoid that but it's actually the stuff off the bike and the non-bike stuff, which actually is the biggest impact, the weather's a huge one, you know, and, and you've mentioned their sleep deprivation. As you get tired, you feel the cold more. And that's the thing I've noticed from previous challenge. You, you, you start having three layers on when everyone is still in a T-shirt. And, you know, you cope with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've shivered on a bike before now. The fueling is a, is a major part of that. Um, and it's just managing the clothing changes, the fueling, the sleep. The actual pedaling bit, and I've said this before from the other challenges I've done, the legs are good, you know, for for, for a 55-year-old ex-rugby, ex-military person. Actually, they work pretty well. There's a decent engine under there. It's just the chassis is a bit dodgy. <laughs> There's a great engine under there. But I think that's a great thing to impress upon people because sometimes when when you when you look at these challenges on paper, even, even something as, as insane as this, you look at it and you go, okay, um, you know, I kind of – I have a sense that this is difficult, but – to really consider like how fatigued you are on day three, day four, day five, and just the, you know, the, the kind of the bleeding impact, the blurring impact of fatigue, um, you know, discomfort, pain, and all of those things and how that has knock on implications for your concentration um, and your ability just to get through the day. So I don't want to, I don't want to frighten you, but this is definitely a big one, mate. This has got to be, and we've done some big challenges over the years, but this is, this has got to be by far and away the biggest. And you mentioned it there. And and, and I know you won't mind me double clicking on this, but you're 55. So 
this is this is a huge challenge to take on at your age but that's one of the things that I love most about what you're doing is that you're I think you're not only doing something special for Scotties but as an inspiration I'm not trying to embarrass you but there's an inspirational quality to what you're doing here to show people that you can be at a really difficult place in your life and then fast forward you know 10 years and you can be doing stuff like this yeah I think the 55 thing isn't that significant for me because you know my kids will tell me you know dad why why have you got uh adidas trainers on and a pair of ripped jeans like you're 55 behave yourself you know this kind of you always get brought down to earth a little bit on that but i i think the main thing is you know when you've been active when you're younger you generally your body's carrying a few you know aches and strains really and, and i think that's the bigger part of it is how much mileage that body's done up to this point but um yeah, I, I think I'm not a standard cyclist build. You know, people cycling, they, they kind of look like jockeys on two wheels, really. That's the thing. Whereas I still look like a rugby player on on two wheels, which uh, which frightens some people. But I, I think when people look at it, that's what I've always said from the start is they look at it and think, you're doing what? Well, if, well, if you're doing that, then I'll kind of bung a few quid in the pot for you because you shouldn't be able to do that. And I think it's always that when I pick a challenge – I kind of want people to feel like that's something different. And, yeah. you know, thankfully that's, that's kind of, I think why people have backed. I think they just want to see me suffer if I'm honest, but not, not at all. The bull on the bike though, for sure is definitely, <laughs> is definitely real. And, and, you know, you, I mean, you look so different to how you look when I, when I first met you, I know we joke about that when we catch up, you have changed so much um, and you just, you, you're looking so athletic, mate, you put so much effort into it. And I, and I think you should be, you should be super proud. <clears throat> And I know it's I know it's really difficult um, this challenge, but um, I love that phrase. Didn't we heard it the other day that it doesn't have to be fun to be fun? And I know these challenges these challenges really they're difficult, but afterwards you, you're going to have something major to reflect on for the rest of your life. Yeah, and I think there's some gallows humour that kind of comes along with those things, which I know we've shared on a few things. So I mean, I'm I'm fortunate really because I've got a support crew which are behind this. And I kind of, I don't want to, I don't want people to miss out on the fact there are six people supporting me on this, they're a crew of veterans, which straight away brings, you know, some banter and some understanding and some trust that, you know, I, I will rely on. And they're specifically in there because of those, you know, those qualities. Um, so that, yeah, they've got a massive job to play in this, you know, it's two support vehicles. One goes ahead, sets up base camp. They've, sacrifice their time but also committed to being under canvas for 12 nights you know they've we've got a you know it's a luxury tent by most standards but it's still under canvas you know you've got scottish weather to deal with so that could be yeah. a bit of a challenge they go ahead they we do all our own cooking got guys that you know john treasure who's de dedicated to being on um on catering follow vehicle then for safety and for fueling me during the day. So, you know, between them coordinating that and, I, you know, name checks for the guys, Gary Scott, who I worked with for many years, Chris Bedell was one of my first bosses. Pete Golden was a boss later in my years. Brian Evans, who's a, an area football legend. Uh, he's in there. Um, we've also got John Treasure, as I mentioned, who's who's a GB Masters triathlete in his own right. You know, he's and he's still competing, so he understands the ins and outs of performance and that more than anything. And I've got Geraint Rowland from from my day job, uh, who's social media um, 
manager for the for the trip so we've got a great i've also got dan evans i should i should mention dan evans who who i met through scottish rugby actually who's um who's committed um so there's a really strong group there and a really reliable group for me to you know which i know i'm going to need in the dark moments so they'll 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 have their eye on my um reactions and my uh my state as we as we go on yeah, and um, you know we shouldn't underestimate how important those guys are. I know three of them, and um, they're absolute legends in in their own right. And I'm sure the other guys are, are just as um, uh, just as special. And and committing to something like this as a support crew is absolutely incredible gesture and such an important part of the fundraising effort. And and frankly, you wouldn't be able to do the next twelve days without them because they are going to be foundational to keeping you fueled, keeping you on time. And, you know, I know how much of a diva you can be. So picking you up when when you when you need when you need a Snickers bar at some point in the next 12 days. Says says the hangry man. I won't even start with the story about GoPro and and Thames, uh, Thames River and stuff like that. But hey, you know, we shared some we shared some funny moments, I think, when uh, when fatigue kicks in. And it's funny how you kind of you're almost watching yourself behave in that way from above you know you don't believe you're actually behaving that way when you get tired i know i can be the grumpiest man in the world and luckily most of my crew know that when i'm tired so i don't have to put on any ears and graces when it's when it's the dark moments i thought i'd get the shot in early mate because i know you and i both know that i can be the the hangriest diva on the, on the planet in those uh in those type two uh fun dark moments but um but no, that's I mean, I'm joking, but of course they're going to be they're going to be critical and there's some really good guys in the mix. And I know that they're going to be you know, a big part of what you're doing here. So um, before we kind of wrap up, maybe I'm sure that people are really engaged. They want to learn more, like tell people, first of all, how can they donate and, and sponsor and help this incredible cause? How can they follow you uh, and keep track with what you're doing over the next 12 days? And is there anything that you're looking for in terms of support outside of just donations? Yeah, I mean, I've had fantastic support from people who've, you know, caught, I suppose, corporate sponsors, but they're not big corporates. They're, they're businesses that are run by veterans in the main who got behind me initially and, and pulled together and, and created a fund to, to support the event, you know, and to, and to make it happen. So, so, that, so they've managed to give us the logistics cost, if you like. So now it's down to fundraising. Um, Job Oppo have created a page on their website which gives you all the information about um, the event, the route, and there's a donate button on there as well. So if you go to www.joboppo.co.uk forward slash Sully Ride, it's all on there. You can see the link. I post it on Facebook, on Instagram, LinkedIn if you're on there as well. So you can find those links there. It, the link's in the bio on my Instagram uh, profile as well. But you know, it is about the fundraising. It's make no bones about it. The same when we did the rugby, to be honest. It was never about who won the game, who scored the many tries. It was all about fundraising for those children. And we always said that was the legacy. I think with this particular challenge, there are no medals. You know, there's no certificate at the end. There's no record to be broken. It is a created event, but it's created with the purpose of, of fundraising. Uh, and me me suffering and putting myself on the line to do that i suppose that's what people are this that's what they're backing i'm asking you to pay for my suffering really i'll do do the hard work you just need to move your thumb 
onto your uh, <laughs> onto your phone. So, you know, whatever you can. And I realize it's a really tough time at the moment, you know, people's energy bills and what have you. But I just ask people to be honest with themselves. You know, if you're a parent and you don't come home tomorrow, what impact that has on the family. If you were going to have a buy a four pack from the co-op or whatever for Friday night or you were going to order a takeaway, why not just bank that money? Go without for one day. Uh, I'm going to do 12 days. Um, you know, you only got to do one little click, really. So um, not not to over egg and pull on anyone's heartstrings here, but it can make a difference. It will make a difference. So if you can hit that button, I'd be really grateful. Yeah. And I, from a Scotty's perspective, I would say uh, it absolutely makes a huge difference. Fundraising is still a really foundational part of how we fund the charity and how we fund the just incredible work that Nikki Stewart and all the team at Scotty's do every single day. Um, and I think people would be really blown away just by how much talent we have in the organization, just how much work they do uh, for frankly, very little money. Um, so we're really blessed to have them and let's make sure that we give them as much money as possible to help these children and young people. Yeah, fantastic. Listen, Jason, I really want to appreciate you you kind of giving up the time. I know we've we've dived on at uh, kind of early o'clock before I set off to meet the team for the rest of the day. But, I, I, you know, hopefully this gives a little bit more insight and understanding for those people out there who, who've been following it, but maybe just sat on the sidelines. Guys, you know, hit the button, really. Um, Jace, thanks, thanks for coming on and doing this. Um, I didn't want to speak on my own to to record and send it out. So no, uh, I was coming on, particularly in your role as uh, as a trustee and a chair of trustees with Scott. He's massive respect for that, mate. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Listen, good luck, mate. Um, and uh, I know you're going to absolutely crush it, but I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing you on the finish line.